Grace and peace, and welcome to our show for today. It's an episode that we're on that we're constantly dividing in. What a week of fellowship this has been. Man, I've been just kind of talking about spiritual warfare all week. I've been talking about the gripping that grips our mind, the things that are, are transparent in terms of where we are with spiritual warfare. It has been a tremendous time of blessing and to find out exactly what we're doing how we are working. The theme this week has been constantly, as I've been sharing this, warfare, worship, and the weather. The weather is the effects of warfare, worship, and the weather. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Bishop DMG. Subscribe there and you'll get all these last words. You can also get our part on Spotify. Just um, search for my name on Spotify. You can subscribe to the podcast. You not only get these lessons I'm doing, but there's sermons on Spotify too that you can see and be involved and help you to gather some insight in the scripture. Well, we've been talking about this warfare battle, the battle that is an internal battle of spirituality and not what we see outwardly, but is what we will determine inwardly. That's the battleground. And so as we make our way to see what this is, we understand that our faith is being fortified. It's being fortified. And the firmer grip we make on it, um, our struggles become minimized because we grip our faith. You know, the way to fight spiritual warfare is through prayer, but we've got to get past some of the faddish things that relate to us and where our prayer grips are. And some of the faddish things that have gripped us over the years have been powerful. For instance, in the 80s, the cry of the country then was to pray for one hour. One hour. And everybody around the nation was talking about praying for one hour. Then in the 90s, it was prosperity prayer. Name it, claim it. Whatever you name, you can claim. You exercise your, your faith by spiritual manifestation. I've been mentioning that the issue is not possessions or being rich or being poor. The issue is really whether or not God can trust you. And then in the 2000s, believe it or not, it started off by a prayer fed that was talking about enlarging your territory. So in 2000, we started developing the JPEZ prayer. And so we we started a whole trend, a fattish trend, everybody praying the prayer of JPEZ. Just enlarge my territory. Pray one hour, name it and claim it. JPEZ prayer. And then we start focusing on worship. Worship from the standpoint, as we start looking at worship and praise and where it fit its place in our life, by then making it contemporary, contemporary worship versus con traditional worship. And in the fad of the 2010s, became a fad of opening up marketing versus discipling. And then we started trends 
we were giving people options to come to worship. They could come to a traditional worship service, a modern worship service, or a contemporary worship service. As the menu options increased, and we saw a new fad of churches started that was built on what people want and not what God wanted, we saw some developing things that were happening that changed the landscape of where we are and what we are doing. So overall, it damaged the family call as the trends being set. As 2015 started moving in, all of a sudden, we saw an idea where we can not only just talk about prayer, but we can declare and decree, declare and decree. All of a sudden, that sounds very faddish. Everybody was declaring and decreeing a spiritual warfare. Huh? Let me say that at this prayer and decree, it's probably a joke to the enemy, as we were declaring and decreeing like we had the command and the power. When Jesus had already stated, anything you ask the Father in my name, I'll give it to you. So the declaring and decreeing wasn't done in the name of Jesus. It was done as if you had the authority to declare and decree. Declare and de decree what? It is what? The Pharisees asked Jesus, by what authority do you do these things? And so our authority rests in the fact of knowing who and what God is in our life. Again, in Ephesians, Paul tells us to put on the whole armor of God. That armor is being magnified, it's being uh, done by the fact that that metaphor of the armor means we have to fortify our minds, our spirit. And so, when the devil can't get us one way, he gets us the other. So the atmosphere is being charged by this whole idea of financial uh, instability that's in our times, the news and the rumors of war and the things that are happening that moves us back and forth from this trend. So the attack is on our, and our warfare attack on our worship. So the warfare that is in our mind then becomes a warfare that saturates our mind and heart to not be fortified with the truth. So we got to experience this tested thinking. Tested thinking. What are we thinking? What are we feeding our mind with in order to think? That's the problem. Because our tested thinking hasn't brought us any clarity to where we are and what we're trying to do. So I, I end today by talking about this changing viewpoint that constantly has a changing focus. I got to keep going back to this changing focus because the focus on the living word, which is Jesus Christ, has been corrupted by the focus on the institutional uh, church that has in all times become the proper representation of who the Lord is. I shared this week that the church started off under Jesus Christ with the apostles as the persecuted church, later became the persecution church. Now, let me tell you, say with you something about the scriptural concepts of elders and deacons and bishops in the early context of scriptures. What, what the early apostles appointed leaders to do was to protect the 
integrity, the karma of the word. So the earlier leadership context in the primitive church was to set up a protection force against those circuit teachers who were coming in trying to pollute the sincerity and the purity of the word that the apostles taught. What happened was people were coming in, mixing doctrine, messing up things. I shared the other day how poison comes in. It, it looks good on the outside. You don't realize it's messing you up until it got on the inside. So these false teachers would make circuits around. That's what happened to Paul. That's what happened to a lot of teachers. They corrupted the faith. So uh, Paul assigning teachers or pastors or bishops in the church were sent. Their job was to guard the faith, to guard the faith, to guard the faith. That's what it is. It wasn't to entertain the faith. It was to guard the faith. So our spiritual warfare is not so much spectacular about what we see and what's demonstrated, what we've been entertained with, but are we really holding true to the integrity of the faith? You said, you three, earnestly contend for the faith. Paul says in 2 Timothy 2 and 2, what you have received passed on faithful men. So the, being guardians of the word is so important as we understand this guardian viewpoint of the word and where God has us in terms of view. Think on this for the weekend. Think on where we are, especially this changing focus that seems to be circling where we are from moving from the living word of Jesus Christ, having ourselves being self-pronized into institutions, which may or may not be good, but there are some mixtures there because the persecuted church became the persecution, persecuted, persecuting the church, finally becoming, I would say, the compromising church. And last of all, becomes the polluted church. So the cry in Revelation 18 has come out of the an everlasting cry, come out of the institutionalization that has secularism making its way into the purity of God's church. Think on the last word from Jesus Christ for this weekend.